Do you see how he diffused that situation? I mean, that was amazing. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I don't know if I could get someone to stop pointing a gun at me either. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into some thoughts about how to have the fingertip feel. I'll see you on the other side. The fingertip feel is a statement that we borrow from our German uh, counterparts. In their language, they have a term that's called, now I'm going to have to slow this down and bear with me, my German listeners, if I murder this, but it is Fingerspritzengelfel. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Fingerspritzengelfel. Yeah. I tried to practice it, but I know this this um, Southern accent is doing it no justice. But what it stands for is it stands for the fingertip feel. It's a light touch. It's diplomacy. It's how to diffuse a situation or think of if you are a master negotiator, able to charm someone into uh, getting out of a tricky situation or escalated circumstance. And on the A part, I was uh, referring to this movie that I saw uh, where the negotiator goes in and the gun is pointing straight at his head. And just by how he is able to deal with the person, he turns it around uh, to where the person is able to de-escalate and put the gun down. And I was like, it was like watching uh, a beautiful dance. And I was like, hmm, that is a skill that I would love to have. Only to find out upon researching it from time to time that once again, the Germans have a word for it that encapsulates it so well. And it's that uh, finger spritzen grafell. <laughs> yes. So I'm asking you today, do you have the fingertip feel? And I want to ask you that because I, I also want to supply that everybody probably should have the fingertip feel. And it's important. And it's very important because to have this certain aspect means that you have an intuitive flair or an instinct for how to deal with people. I've talked about this and you've probably heard many people talk about um, social intelligence, emotional intelligence, and being able to read a situation, read the room correctly, understand your own emotions. And that's this, think of this as, the execution, the application of a person who is mature in these things. And thus, huh, hopefully, you see how important it is to have the fingertip, the light touch, uh, the touch that leaves people better. When I think about this, I actually think of it as a person who is an emotions whisperer. Yeah, that's what I kind of like to think about. And not only an emotions whisperer, I also think of a person who has a high SA, meaning a high situation awareness ability. And in all of the different things that we have going on right now, we need to look at the subtle, um, fine arts of behavior 
because they're they're needful. Think about it. When's the last time you had a face-to-face with a person that you speak to all the time? Besides your immediate family, including spouse, friends, just a colleague or someone that you interact with on a daily basis. I just want you to think about that for a moment. The average person, even if it's in a work environment or a casual environment, spends more time thinking, I'm not thinking, but interacting with others through digital media than they do in person. And because of that, we're starting to lose a lot of our tactile understanding, boots on the ground, in the street kind of understanding of social interaction. And thus, it is creating this chasm where a lot of things are lost in translation. A lot of people are misinterpreting um, how people are reacting to them. And on top of that, we're getting this compound uh, effect because we're dealing with people globally. And one area may respond to something completely different from another area. Don't believe me? Let me, let, me, let me just tell you about this. Right now, there are digital algorithms running for everything we do. When something happens, whether it be um, a natural event or a shooting or a death or something that is disruptive, what these algorithms now do is they do data mining machine learning, and even natural language processing to produce what they called uh, situational information. Now, this situational information is produced so that they can then develop a crowd sense. Yes. And the crowd sensing is used to know how people sense crisis situations, whether and and. And yes, they use social media, they use comments on uh, news things. And so you might think you're being totally trollish when you go and you post craziness on a CNN website or on a social media post. But in that, you're also uh, giving documentation for uh, your personality uh, uh deficiencies as well as grandiosities that some machine is learning about you and it's building a profile. It's building a nature and nurture profile based on where you live as well as uh, the group that it's putting you into. And so if how much do you think we should become um, socially astute to have the fingertip feel? If they're now programming machines to be able to do this, but let me let me let me break this down a little bit more. Not only are these quote unquote machines learning to understand the crowd's sense to a situation, a subsect of that is where they are building crowd mapping, where they map the different regions on how you will respond to good news, bad news, neutral news, and other news. And thus, they know how to phrase things, how to present things to you based on your region and your subgroup uh, because of this information that they have data mined. 
And it had, and I said before, it has gotten to the point that this is needful because they can't readily observe it in our quote unquote supposedly natural habitats because a lot of people don't have that anymore. More than ever, a lot of people are able to work from home. They still work for a company, but they work from home. They do the majority of what they do via email, conference calls, virtual uh, meetings. And even if you're looking at someone uh, on a screen, it is different from being able to pick up uh, a high percentage of nonverbal communication that is expressed in person. And so because of that, like I said before, we the the people who have this fingertip feel of being able to deal with folks in social settings or in person, they're becoming rare birds, rare breeds. And this is a, a wisdom call to ask you to, if you have it, strengthen it. If you don't, wake up and do it. So let's get into how to start doing this, how, how to become this person that has the fingertip uh, touch. Um, well, first of all, it does go come down to how well are you able to persuade, influence, negotiate, use diplomacy, be able to see um, multiple sides of a situation. If you are a person who you latch on to uh, an argument and you leave it at that, um, <laughs> your fingertip feel is not going to be that strong. Um, if we look back, starting in the 1980s on the political side of things, and not just in America, but globally, there became this insult that people started to stand 10 toes on that helped to usher in this dogged determinedness to be on one side of an issue no matter what. And that was flip-flopping. You first start seeing its prevalence. Now, it was always around, not always, but you know, it was around, but it became a, a hallmark and it it rose and, and had a, a crescendo over the next 30 years of being accused of being a flip-flopper was as bad as being accused of being a liar, a murderer, and a thief. They were like, say what you mean and mean what you say. Stick to one side of the situation. And what that did was that eroded people's ability and the necessity to be able to see multiple sides of an argument. It took away some of the power of negotiation. It took away the impetus to learn how to have or strengthen that intuitive flair that gets us to step outside of ourselves and to walk in the shoes of another person. And thus, it, re it, it developed a rigidity that has caused us to... Uh, take away from and, and, and lessen the uh, strength of our social interaction. As it stands right now, we have the highest number of people who self-identify as socially awkward and um, socially uh, sensitive than ever before. 
So much so that in a recent continuing ed training I did, I had to learn about a new subsector of people um, and how to deal with them who are classified as, let me make sure I have this right. They are classified as socially sensitive. And that means that in the clinical sense, they cannot handle as many inputs from their environment, from the people, and uh, from the situations as the average person. And thus, to be accommodating, we should include areas where they can sit or go to remove some of the factors to decrease the amount of inputs they have. Now, these people are not necessarily on any type of autistic spectrum, but when it comes to their interactions with people, with events and situations, they actually cannot handle as many. Now, I'll be the first to say that when I first saw this, I was like, oh, okay. I had no problems with it because to this day, I don't like to go in large crowds. I'm, And I think it is for me because I clue in on that energy and I, I feel like torn multiple places and multiple times. But that's not the situation that they're they're actually saying here. What they're saying is, is there is a subsect group of people who do not do well because their amount of internal inputs that they can have at a given time is lower. And we need to respect that and understand it. And I'm saying that because I believe these people have a bit of fingertip feel. I know you didn't think I was going there, but but bear me out. I believe that these people have a sense of their sixth sense. Now, in my world uh, of psychology and um, uh, neurobiology and all of those things, the sixth sense is also known as self-awareness. And the reason why we call it the sixth sense is because it has a bodily function, it has a mental component, um, health, and all of these others. And so there is this fancy word called uh, prep pro, prep sense. And what that is, let me slow down so that I am not continuing to murder these words. It's proprioception. I said that wrong. It's proprioception. And what it is, is if you think of kinesthesia, the movement and the body positioning, uh, it's what we call the sixth sense when a person is keenly aware of themselves in an environment. And they also, get this, they also can have mental imaging or mental pictures that um, give them a perception um, that is more defined, wider, more complex even than the average person. And so when you have people who say, uh, I'm overwhelmed, it may not be that as people are hypothesizing that they have a lower number of inputs, I think it might be that these people have a higher sense of self-awareness of where they are in relation to everyone else and their ability to visualize and see multiple layers that 
the other, the, the, uh, the average person is not privy or aware of. And so with that, that is where you have an extreme of uh, self-awareness that causes them to have a negative reaction to it. The fingertip feel is that person who has this, but is also in command. And they are a natural crowd sensor. They are a natural crowd mapper. So they're able to naturally do what the machines do and they don't get overwhelmed by it. Uh, When you think of this, and y'all know I love me some Robert Greene. When you think of uh, this type of personality profile, I go back to the art of seduction and he talks about the nine archetypal seducers. And in there, there are two that stand out when I think about the people who have the fingertip feel, and that is the charmer and the natural. You see, the charmer is the person who makes you feel like you are the most important person in the world or and even the only person that matters to them in the world. And they do it with such a finesse that you're like, oh, my gosh, you're caught up before you even realized what has happened. And then, yes, there is also the natural. And this is the person that has a bit of innocence to them. They tend to see the world in a beginner's mind kind of way. And they pull you in because they help you to see the world through their lens. And their lens does not become staid and staunch. Their lens opens up the wonders and all the different ways of looking at a situation. And thus, these two person um, seduction personalities are really good at being emotional whisperers. And so you have that. So now let me go back and recap a little bit because I'm going to slightly move us into a more, more of the application of how to become this fingertip feel person. If, if you are like, nope, that's not me. (laughs) Okay. So we've talked about the person who is on the extreme, who is um, socially sensitive. Then we talked about the person who is uh, naturally excelling or otherwise as a fingertip feel kind of person. They have, they are a charmer. They are the natural. They are um, diplomatic they are a negotiator, they're able to see multiple sides of a situation, and they are an emotional whisperer with this intuitive flair or instinct for reading other people's emotions. Okay, so now that we've established that, let's get into if you are convicted right now, you're like, that is not me. And I, I see that I do need to start embracing and, and teaching myself some of this stuff. Well, the first you, thing you can do is you can use this ch- children's game. And it's called Kim's Game, K-I-M. It's taken from the novel Kim by Rudyard Kipling from 1901. And uh, it, in that book, it shows a, a young boy learning how he's secretly being trained to become a spy. And in Kim's game, 
what it what he was doing was learning observation and they would teach him observation by um putting things well jewels actually because he lived in a a jeweler's home but they would put jewels on a tray and let him look at them for up to a minute and then cover them and and he would then have to tell them how many pieces were on the tray and as he progressed what type of pieces uh were on the tray things about the pieces that were on the tray. And this became a game that was used and continues to be used to teach uh, children about their surroundings. And they have called it Kim's game. The military also uses it, but instead of it just being Kim's game, they turned Kim into an acronym, which stands for keep in memory. And how it works is similar and then they advance it from there where you are building not only your sense of observation, but you're building your sense of, you guessed it, self-awareness. Because the great people that have great fingertip feel, they are always aware of themselves as it pertains to others and to the environment such that they're able to manipulate how they are perceived. Remember when I talked about at the beginning, the movie where the negotiator was able to talk the guy down from um, putting the uh, bullet through his head? He didn't talk to him as a person. He talked to him as him seeing the bullet and what it would do to the object in front of him. And so this negotiator was so well-versed in self-awareness that he was able to deconstruct himself and turn himself into an object of obstacle for the other person to show how futile it would be to, to take the shot. You know, what does this gain you? You're right. I'm right here. You know, you you pride yourself on having, you know, he's, he's talking to him and he's able to understand what the situation calls for. He's able to read the guy's emotions. He's aware of where he is in the situation, not only from his side, but from the other guy's side. And he is able to become the force that the guy needs to give himself permission to stop his own action. That's how powerful this can be. And let's put this into how will this help you? Understanding Kim's game or what to keep in memory uh, can look like you starting to recognize things around you. Instead of being myopic, narrow focused, tunnel visioned, start practicing to see Count how many uh, desks are in a room, how many colors of yellow are in there and and start like when they were training Kim, decrease the amount of time. Because in that book, the, the man who taught him said, I can do it in a glance. And Kim was expected to get to the point where he could do it in a glance. Uh, there's this famous scene, another movie, that's a guilty pleasure of mine, and it's called The Fifth Element. And it's 20 years old, I think, or more. Uh, but it starred Bruce Willis. And there comes a time where it's a hostage situation. And he has to assess because he's supposed to quote unquote negotiate. He quickly glances the room. You see his eyes move from left to right. And then he's back in a matter of, of a few seconds. And he 
is able to tell how many people are in the room. And this was a wink at Kim's game because he was trained in spying, negotiating, and self-awareness to know how many people, because he not only said how many people were in the room, he was able to figure out how many had guns on the left and the right and all of this, all within that time span. And that is part of having the fingertip feel where you're able to be situationally aware. You're able to know the emotions correctly reading them. You have this intuition, this instinct that helps you to know what you can and can't get away with. And the this, being able to respond in the most appropriate and tactful way using the fingertip feel will help you to be the person that successfully navigates tricky social situations. And yes, you'll be the one who's able to diffuse escalating situations. This in and of itself is worth its weight in gold. A lot of people are so busy trying to get hard uh, skills like coding or um, design or those types of things. And some of the highest paid people are the people with the fingertip feel because the components of what it takes to have this skill include things that we've been covering, like having great self awareness. Also, I haven't mentioned this one before yet in today's episode, but having a high adaptability quotient. We talk about that a lot here because that's what is included. And I want to say this other thing uh, with regards to what the the final, not the final, but what the next war will be. I wish it was the final. But it is said that the next great weapon of war will be information. And it's not just information. It's information that is presented as code, cipher, symbols, metaphor, uh, cryptography, or even, yes, um, awareness of what's really going on, emotional information, uh, non-visual information. And that person who is not able, not only able to recognize it, but to handle the information in a way that gets a uh, desirable outcome is worth their weight in more than gold. And so why does it behoove you to want to have a fingertip feel? Because you will become that person, that go-to person who is able to use your understanding of the environmental elements and events. You will become the person who has the ability to charm, mesmerize, uh, put the glamour on somebody or be perceived as the natural. The person who is able to negotiate and get everybody to come to the table. The person who is able to sense what the crowd is wanting understanding where and how your company can appeal to people um, in a better way, in a, um, a way that is a closer match to the company's natural ability. Well, what if it's not 
just, I mean, what if it's not business? What if it's personal? What if you're out there and you're trying to uh, get a following, get a brand, get get your own uh, ideas and hopes and dreams out there? If you have the fingertip touch, you start to understand the pulse point of the people and you understand a better almost to a um, a sorcerer's or a wizard's level of what to give people to get people to follow you, how to get people on board with what you're wanting to do. And it is because of your ability to be situationally aware, self-aware, uh, easily adaptable, having uh, built up your instinct and your intuitiveness to know how to deal with people's emotions, how to keep things in memory. Because there'll be times when just having that, that level of observational skill you're going to be able to use that information by deduction to know when to bring something up to someone that will show them that you quote unquote care because you remembered something that was very subtle about them. I know that this is possibly a complex life skill that I'm asking you to embrace today, but I am telling you, if you will just understand that this is a skill that you can learn, it is going to help you to have longevity. Yesterday, we talked about how to not have an old, um, inflexible mind. Today, we're talking about how to take this mind and mold it into the way where you're able to become even more flexible to see not only yourself, not only others, but see how the environment interacts with you and with them so that you're able to become a negotiator and you're able to sway people into something that's cohesive. And remember when I talked about being a flip-flopper, how that had become something bad? You're not going to be quote-unquote come a flip-flopper, but what you will become is a flexible ninja able to move at will to either side of the argument and, and gradients in between. And because of this heightened sense of awareness of yourself and others, you will be able to handle tricky situations, diffuse uh, uh, critical uh, issues that happen, keep people calm, and that will make you highly sought after and that will make you a person that people long to be around because you then become the subtle influencer of your world, your reach, and, and your scope. And so, yes, guess what? Good God, my time is up. I do thank you for yours. <sighs> Y'all, the time just goes so fast, but thank you for listening. I do encourage you to develop the fingertip feel. And yes, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes and use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. I'll see you tomorrow. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, 
please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.